Hello and welcome to the Dead Darlings Book Club. I'm Laurie Eaves. I'm Hannah Hutzpah. And I'm Rebecca Cooney. This month's book is All the Names Given by Raymond Antrobus and it was chosen by Hannah. So Hannah, why did you choose this book? Ah, there were a few reasons. Number one, a very good friend of mine for my birthday, my friend lives in Wales, but found my nearest nice indie bookshop and put one book behind the bar and they also do wine there. So there was like enough money for some wine and a book and a nice afternoon of browsing. Which was an excellent <laughs> birthday present. Thank you, Megan. Sounds nice. While browsing this... That's uh, very cool. Yeah. Extremely well chosen. While browsing, one of the poetry books that they had was All the Names Given by Raymond Antrobus, who... I... Raymond Antrobus sits in a really interesting place in the poetry scene, as far as I'm concerned. When I like first started to go into things 12, 13 years ago, Ray was one of the regulars, and... Obviously, his career has mm-hmm. taken off, and to the extent that he almost feels like an expat to the spoken word scene at this point, perhaps? I'm not sure. <laughs> like, he is one of the contemporary British poetry names that your Guardian readers will know, even if they've never been to a spoken word night. But at the same time, also, mm-hmm. he has been one of my go-tos to explain how cool spoken word is, because it took me quite a few years to realise that we had been to the same secondary school. It was a pretty big comprehensive, which had a deaf unit within it as well. And Ray is deaf and writes about that a lot. That comes up in the thing. And when I was at Mm -hmm. same secondary school, I thought I really knew all about deaf stuff because I went to the BSL lessons that they had on a Wednesday lunchtime. And then I saw Ray's poetry about his experience growing up and how people treated him differently. Teachers patronised him when they saw the hearing aids or thought he was Mm -hmm. stupid when he didn't have the hearing aids and therefore didn't hear people. And it was just one of the starkest, I was in the same spaces as you and I had no idea what your experience was like until I heard your poetry. That that was the Mm. medium for finding out more. So... I've been meaning to read one of his books for bloody ages <laughs> and everything came together and that that is that is the why mm, interesting you got a very personal connection then literally two teachers I know are named in this the the, the kind of the, the the bit about his kind of his experiences as a deaf person like what is really beautifully con- conveyed in this book or how it's kind of captured is it's kind of the book is interspersed with kind of sound captions which he says are based mm-hmm. on kind of an artist he says in the sort of the notes at the back are based on an artist who kind of you know shows films with the sound captions and, and not the sound to kind of prioritize the deaf experience rather than the hearing experience but they're kind of these really beautiful like yeah. they work incredibly well in a poetry collection because it's things like you know the sound of a collection across time the sound of someone wanting my skin sort of these really ephemeral things and you have to think about well, what does that sound like and it, it probably sounds like an absence actually mm. it sounds like it sounds like not sound it's not stuff that's communicated in sound but when yet we're communicating yeah. in sound and that's really beautiful and clever mm. and it's a metaphor but also you know communicating something about the deaf experience which is really beautiful that specific technique really reminded me of some of the stuff that was going on in joel mm-hmm. taylor's canto as well yeah, yeah, yeah. like the, the the sounds being described in the sounds of things that don't have sounds and things like that it made me think of that yeah the way that Joel had the stage directions about lighting, you know, and then that would be the metaphor. I was going to ask whether you've read The Perseverance, the book that came before this one, no, or if this is the first 
of Roman Antropus, but he's red. Yeah, no, this, this is this is my first experience of Roman Antropus. Okay, so the Perseverance has a slightly different technique, but drawing on the th- along similar lines in that it has BSL signs throughout mm-hmm. the book, so literally like diagrams of hands in moving in different ways throughout the collection, and that's almost like the kind of part of the thread that pulls it together whereas this time it's a similar but different technique with the captions yeah mm-hmm. i mean i actually got to the end of this collection and i kind of went oh is that the end like i could happily have gone on <laughs> i don't think sometimes we sort of you know we have conversations on this podcast about oh it was a bit that was quite a long one or you know it's quite a, quite a chunky collection this one i was like oh i could have more would happily have yeah. more please like it's it's about 80 pages, um, not including all the notes and um, acknowledgements and everything, but it it, no, it definitely didn't feel no. over long at all, does it? I thought, so for, I have read The Perseverance, which is the previous collection, which won the T.S. Eliot Prize, and I was wondering how this one would stack up specifically in that Ray is a DDF writer, and the obviously that affects everything about his poetry and you know just broadly all of his poems are they're not necessarily about deafness but or de-deafness but that impacts the way that he writes and the things that he's choosing to write about and i and that's certainly the case in the perseverance that many of the poems are about the experience of of uh, being de-deaf and i was slightly wondering what this collection would do to not feel samey not that it necessarily would but like how is it going to what what is it going to do differently to that one and particularly i I loved all the stuff around rain going and exploring jamaica and his jamaican roots and particularly exploring there's this particularly like very early in the collection there's this sort of sequence of poems all about his name Mm -hmm. antrobus and where that comes from and what that means and it's a it's a surprising, uh, or I think somewhat surprising, kind of uh, background to it, to it, mm. which is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And kind of the, the, so this is so he explains in the back that it's Antrobus is from a, a local, a locational surname from the place in Cheshire, England, called Antrobus. Anyone with yeah. the name Antrobus name can be linked to this village, and it's kind of assumed to be a kind of foreign name, and it's actually that it's a it's a Norse mm. name so it's been it's been in the UK Very, yeah, yeah for so long that it's now feels weird and foreign um yeah it's like a very old like yeah Norse English name but feels like it's uh, maybe a non-native English name which is kind of a, a part of the point of the book I think is mm. kind of t- tackling that <laughs> yeah and I think that's actually where that kind of in in that poem about visiting the village it's where it kind of meets this this conversation about his deaf identity and his identity as a mixed race person visiting this this cheshire village and being like oh no my ancestors are from here and kind of you know that the reaction is a little bit like mm, say that again is that right and that, that there are kind of you know he, as mm. he is trying to lip read or to to hear what the people are saying and kind of mistranslating it and sort of noting down well these are the two things they could be saying one of them's right and one of them is is yeah. is, is doesn't fit and that i thought that was very clever actually how it, it weaves those two things mm. together really beautifully yeah this is kind of poetry about being on multiple fault lines 
of identity and then and then the sort of the richness that that the complication but the richness that that yeah gives and the many many meanings behind things i also like uh it's about halfway through this one called the royal opera house brackets with stage captions about yeah there is a play apparently with an all black cast set in a south african township and then like as the poem sort of it zooms out like this was written by a white guy and none of the sort of reasons behind the socioeconomic are there it reminded me of when i saw miss saigon and how terribly jingoistic uh, and awful that uh, musical was but i hated it yeah and just made my skin crawl and uh, it reminded me of of that i've never in, seen it but yeah in a very accurate this way this kind of yeah there's a lot of interrogating the status quo uh interrogating others interpretations on page 63 there's one called brethren which is great anyway i was extra delighted because it name checks mr drinkwater from fortismere school but at some point <laughs> one person shouts brethren and mr drinkwater thought you called him a bread bin and just the incredible like mixes of translation and mistranslation and layers and breadbin is like the whitest most muswell hill possible how the f yeah what but also yeah yeah the the there's a lot of a lot of these poems are about kind of layering meaning and identity there's i was listening to before reading it i was listening to an old episode of luna poetry podcast with uh Raymond Antipas on it and he did I, what I think and I might be wrong on this was a earlier version of the poem called Captions in a Dream for John T. Williams of and I, I, I'm not even going to say the rest of it because I'm going to mispronounce the name but it's of a particular tribe it's the rest of the of the title and it's a brilliant poem about a real story of I think this one is certainly the the one he was doing in the podcast and I think this is kind of based on the same newspaper story is of the police chasing down and eventually shooting a guy because he couldn't hear their like sirens and telling him to to slow down and stop. Well, I think he um, had a, he had a carving as... knife and it was like a whittling knife, like a craft knife in his hand, and they said drop yeah. the knife, and he didn't because he couldn't hear them because he was deaf. Yeah. Yes, that's in the poem in the book. There's ah, a, okay. there's another one that he did as part of this podcast that was about that was about like a, a car chase and eventually the police shooting a guy. Similarly, in both cases, because the black death uh, by American armed cops couldn't understand. Yeah. Yes, because they because they couldn't understand or hear that that was what was being asked of them was to stop or to drop the knife or whatever and that's mm. a really those moments in Raymond's work are really just moments that really make you stop and think mm. I think mm. like because it's combining all sorts of those fault lines like you were just saying Hannah definitely and there's one also it's called plantation paint about like different shades of the paint well apparently uh, his his wife I believe res oh, restores yeah. paintings is is a conservationist but it's a theme yeah. book yeah um i, I don't art conservative yeah. there we go first line art conservative <laughs> um yeah the, apparently the different shades of paint some of them will one kind of black paint is going to age and sort of disappear from this painting sooner than another shade and then it it gets yeah. to the the final few lines are sorry but by now you know that i can't 
mention trees without every shade of my family appearing and disappearing. Which that one just stopped me in my tracks. That was, yeah. Mm. The, the, yeah. There's so many layers in it. And it makes so much sense to me why uh, Ray's career is like really taken off on the page more than performance like there are so many nuances that it would take me quite a while to clock or I probably wouldn't clock in person but when you've got a while to sit with each one it's like oh fuck me there's like <laughs> yeah yeah I realised as well recently that I have seen Roman Antropus live mm-hmm. it's just it was like 10 years yeah. ago I had no he was idea. a regular I, I recently clocked it and was like oh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Which was very strange. Just when you've been doing it this long, you forget who you've seen. Yeah. <laughs> I've always been like, no, I've never seen him, never seen him. One day, and I've realised, no, wait, wait, I did. <laughs> Fucking chill pill. Yeah, or like he was anyway. he was a regular at Poetry Cafe, Niles Night. No, they saw yeah. Poetry yeah. Unplugged. Um, yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. So the other thing I really enjoyed was the number of references or like influences that he's pulling into this. You know, you've got poems that are after Frank O'Hara, Evan Boland, mm-hmm. you've got quotes from George Bernard Shaw, you've got quotes from yeah. William Blake. Like it's very eclectic in its sort of the influences it's drawing on and embracing these different identities and these different legacies. Um, mm-hmm. Which I thought was really, really just, yeah, just interesting kind of how, how much he's doing that throughout the collection. Yeah, it feels really well read, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Literary as fuck. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but why not? Yeah, like, yes. That's the great thing, and and you know, it's it's all the richer for the research mm. and the mm. pulling in of those different influences. Yeah. Cool. Anybody else have any other any bits they want to add? Would you guys recommend this book? Hannah, would you recommend this book? Yeah, yeah, I would. And I think it would be a useful crossover also for, like, for the snobbier people we may know who are like, yeah, but spoken words or shit. Like, I feel like this is a really useful, like, it, it works for multiple audiences. There are some yeah. bits that are in, like, very specific dialects and there are some bits that are, like, it's peppered with literary references as well. I feel like it kind of, it's a really good crossover <laughs> piece of writing and just yeah. so many... Yeah, it's one of those ones that will definitely reward a reread as well. Who are the snobbier people we know? I don't know these people. Oh God, I'm I'm probably thinking like generationally. More than... Okay, fair. That's very diplomatic. So I would absolutely recommend this book as well. I really enjoyed it. I yeah, I thought like you said, the, the interweaving of so many different like there's a lot going on in here, and mm-hmm. all of it works mm. and it interweaves beautifully. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend. Yeah. Laurie? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd also re- really recommend the previous collection from Raymond, which is The Perseverance. That's out on Pen in the Margins. This is out on Picador Poetry, all the names given, and it's ten ninety nine. 